evening and welcome to this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. This is the program where we talk about the news of the week and the events of our often bizarre lives and where we provide you with a three-hour oasis of rationality in the desert of insanity, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. Back with us this week after a week off is, in fact, my co-host, Leah Brandon. Welcome back. Well, hello there. I missed that music. I missed the show. I even missed you. I doubt that, but I will t- <laughs> I will take it as the best I'm going to get. Uh, you know, since uh, you've been gone, you know, the last time we spoke, two weeks ago, and, you know, two weeks used to not be a long period of time. But, That's right. But in today's day and age, two weeks is forever, at least when it it's comes. It's a regime change. When, whenever it comes to the news, especially in this bizarre year in which we're living, which I believe is going to go down as the worst in my lifetime, 2016, for many, many reasons. But I digress. So when we last spoke two weeks ago, the Republican convention had just ended. It appeared as if Donald Trump was starting to get a bounce, which I had predicted that he would, uh, that he had uh, basically taken the lead over Hillary Clinton. The Democratic uh, convention was starting on very, very shaky ground because of some emails that had been released, which indicated that there was, in fact, a, uh, an effort to try to, for lack of a better term, rig the Democratic primary in Hillary's favor, as if that was a shock to anybody. Never. <laughs> as if that was a surprise to anybody who had any clue. That, you know, e- know, even Stevie Wonder could have seen that one. Um, uh, but, you know, but clearly uh, we were living in a world where, hey, look, for the first time ever, maybe just even John Ziegler might think that Donald Trump had an outside chance of at least keeping this thing very, very close until the end. And I was also, at the time, thinking, you know, it's odd that the news media really isn't destroying him like I expected. They right. were they were kind of uh, very, very, I thought, uh, respectful at the Republican convention. They were all over those emails to lead into the Democratic convention uh, that we referred to. And then... <laughs> Then something happened. Something snapped. Uh, I don't know what there was an exact moment that it occurred, but it, it was almost as yeah, if the moment was when he's doing well. I think that had something to do with it. And I've written about that in my column for, for Mediate, which you can check out at our website. I wrote five more columns uh, for Mediate this week. You can see it at our website, www.freespeechbroadcasting.com. And one of the uh, columns I wrote was exactly about this subject where, you know, it is quite possible that the media turned for a number of reasons. But there's no question that once prime time on Monday of that, maybe, you know, middle of prime time on Monday of that Democratic convention, from then on, they became very reverential towards Hillary. Oh, yeah. And by the time the Democratic convention was over, they gave Donald Trump what I refer to as the full Palin treatment, yes. uh, which I've been predicting for quite some time. And by the way, it's funny that the term full Palin has now actually become a little bit of a thing. Yeah, uh, it's kind of gone into mainstream. Well, and here's how that <laughs> happened. I mean, it's, it's very funny how it crossed over from me, a ardent never Trumper, to... Basically, the biggest uh, Trump booster that there is on the conservative side, Rush Limbaugh. But here's it was very simple how it happened. I wrote about it if, uh, in, in a headline uh, using the term full Palin for Mediate. And then Fox News Channel on Friday morning talked on in a segment on media bias 
used that quote in a graphic they did at least, you know, unlike Melania, Melania Trump, uh, she did actually, they did attribute it to me. They didn't just plagiarize it. So they, they attributed this quote to the full Palin on a Fox News graphic, and then suddenly, like an hour or two later, Rush Limbaugh. There it is. Rush Limbaugh's <laughs> using the phrase "the full palin," and then that's getting written about on Breitbart, uh, and then being retweeted and and Facebooked by Sarah Palin herself. So how hilarious it is that the food chain, <laughs> the food chain works from this former Palin supporter, me, using the term somewhat although not entirely in a derogatory fashion. I, I did mean it sincerely. I mean, that a lot of the media coverage is just flat-out unfair. And, and and even the Trump, frankly, it's been more fair to Trump than it was to Sarah Palin after the Republican convention well, of 2008. But, but We haven't gotten there yet. So. Right. <laughs> but, but anyway, here's the point is that just to give you a sense of how bizarre this, this tiny little fragment flows through the media stream it goes from from a column i write to fox news channel graphic to rush limbaugh to a, a bunch of conservative pro-trump websites and then just back to sarah palin herself coming full stream um but the, the larger more important point is the media turned and and now everything has changed uh, not in a way that i have would have been remotely surprised about. In fact, I've been predicting it for, oh, uh, actually almost exactly a year, which I will prove uh, later on in this program. But I do believe that everything is different now. I'm curious, do, do you agree with that general assessment that everything is different in the presidential race than the last time you and I spoke, Leah? Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. Because the last time we spoke, you actually pointed out uh, a story that the media could have run with and basically destroyed Donald Trump, and they didn't do anything about it. And it had all of the ingredients right. needed to really get the, the media to sink their teeth into it. They didn't do it. And then now, all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, it's a baby. It's this. It's the whatever well, the, they well, can the, glom the onto. The throwing out of the baby is the biggest hunk of bullcrap. I know. Uh, I mean, I'm obviously not a Trump fan, but that story took the cake. Manufactured BS. Total. You know, it's just flat out ridiculous. I, I mean, he was clearly joking, Donald Trump was. And not only was right. he joking, it was endearing. And I'm a guy who does not. I used to like Trump. I no longer do. Now that he's going to give us Hillary Clinton as, as president, I will never like Donald Trump again, barring some catastrophic event. Uh, but even I'm I, hoping for it. He, I'm hoping for it. The catastrophic event. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's what it's come to, America. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. All right. So um, the the reality though is that was absurd. I mean, it was even endearing to someone like me. Uh, you know, speaking of stories like this, and this this will go down in history, folks. This, and I'm not even sure, Leah, that you're fully appreciative of this. But this is how insane this week was. You, it is impossible to, to interpret events any other way than the following. Okay. This, this week, the Republican presidential nominee purposely had nude, even lesbian nude photos of his wife released in a major New York City newspaper and the media didn't care. I know. Now, I don't know why he had them released. <laughs> but he clearly did. It's his news. It's not his, technically. But it's 
It's a pro-Trump, the New New York Post, pro-Trump, Rupert Murdoch-owned newspaper. Correct. There, there is no chance the Post that he didn't know. Forget about <laughs> no. There's no chance he didn't supply the photos. And, 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 and by the way, this happened not once, but twice on consecutive days because on last Sunday they did it. And there was no media reaction. So they upped the ante on Monday. And they go full lesbian. Forget about full palin. They go full lesbian. Lesbian naked photos of Listen, the potential his, first lady. His gay numbers are down. <laughs> I, I, it's a good political move. Well, it appeared to me as if it was an obvious attempt at distraction from the, the bad news that was coming his way because of the Khan family and the Hillary bounce and all that. And it just didn't work. That the media is so hip to his scam and so dead set against him now, they're not going for any of his tricks. If that had happened in the primary, oh my gosh, that's all we would be talking about is Melania nudes and yeah. lesbian nudes. That, that would have been dominated for the entire week, if not the entire month. Now, crickets, nothing, mm. nothing, because the media is that dead set on Donald Trump losing. All right, lots to talk about, obviously, in the next uh, two hours and 45 minutes. We'll get to uh, more of it when we come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. So much to get to, especially with regard to the uh, Road to the White House 2016 on this edition of the program, although there are other topics I do want to get to probably in hour number three of the show. Leah, one of the things I find challenging in talking about this campaign, especially when it comes to Donald Trump, is that there's a macro big picture and then there's a micro smaller picture and there's so many things that happen with him in the micro that <laughs> you almost don't have enough time to get to it all even in a three-hour weekly radio program and then there's so many issues in the macro that are really important so what i want to do today is i want to start with a micro story that kind of illustrates the macro and so one of the stories that in a rational world and let's say if Marco Rubio had been the nominee, might have dominated the headlines for the entire week, related to some information we found out about this notorious Iranian hostage deal. Uh, well, I don't know if you would call it. No, not, certainly Obama would not call it an, an Iranian hostage deal, but it may have turned out to be an Iranian hostage deal regarding mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the deal there with regard to nuclear weapons and their alleged prohibition in Iran. Tell us about what happened there in the real world. Okay, so this week, the Wall Street Journal reported that the U.S. had paid $400 million in ransom to Iran in January as payment for the release of four American hostages slash prisoners. The Obama administration, Obama himself and Hillary Clinton, all vehemently denied the claim, saying that it was part of a settlement for a decades-old arms deal that went south. And then one of the hostages involved spoke out. 
Pastor Saeed Abedini says that on the night that he and the other hostages were freed, they were forced to wait in the airport all night long until another plane arrived. Now, that is the plane with the cash on it, according to the Wall Street Journal report. They told us, we you're going to be there for 20 minutes, but it took like hours and hours. We slept at the airport, and when I asked them why we, you don't let us go, because the plane was there, pilot was there, everyone was ready mm-hmm. that we leave the country, they said we are le- waiting uh, for another plane. Now, according to the story, the cash was delivered on the exact same day that the hostages were freed. But Obama insists it was not ransom. All right. Now, this is an interesting story to me because it's almost classic in the what I see happening in the modern news media, where one side has a version of the story that is completely different than the other side, the other side's version. And yet, in a way, they're both kind of right. Now, now that's going to sound like I'm being soft on Obama. I'm not. Let me explain that. I personally agree that this was obviously effectively ransom, or at the very least, Iran wanted to be able to portray it as they had gotten ransom for those hostages. It's absurd to think that it's completely coincidental that the Correct. that the cash was handed over on the exact same day <laughs> as the hostages. They're okay? in the airport waiting for right, the other right, plane. Right. So obviously that's it's just flat out ridiculous. Uh, it's absurd. <laughs> all right. It's it's even more absurd than the that Trump kicked the baby out of the campaign event story. However, however, it's at least important to acknowledge, and you essentially did there in, in your little report there, which I, I admire that the Obama administration side of this is, well, look, we owed this. In fact, we owed more than this because of alleged past transgressions that we might have lost in the Hague court over and that we just decided to pay this now uh, to make, you know, everything go away all at once, kind of, you know, dot all the I's, cross all the T's and and start with a clean slate. Now, that's not act. That's not what really happened in the real world. But Mm -mm. but. But technically, that's the story they're going with. But technically, that is probably what actually happened. So if you want to spin it that way, fine. If you want to live in the real world, that we would never have paid them the money if they weren't giving us the hostages. So therefore, it's ransom. So, uh, and, and look, I am fully in agreement that giving ransom for hostages is wrong. Negotiating with the terrorists is wrong. Giving money that can effectively be used to help promote terrorism, which is likely to have occurred in this case is all wrong. I get all that. I'm actually more offended by another part of this story, which hmm. is where Obama tries to not just spin this ransom element. He tries to claim, oh, by the way, you know, this is old news. We told you all this back in January. And since then, so much has changed. In fact, so much has changed that the Israelis are now on board with the deal. <laughs> Now, now that, they love the Iran deal. That's right. Yeah, that that's the part that to me is outrageous because it's false and it's insulting and it's incredibly dangerous, um, not to mention a lie. I mean, that's a flat out lie. There's no way to spin that one. There's not a technical answer that's you know technically accurate there. That's just wrong. And we'll explain further on this. And then how Donald Trump blew it as badly as you could possibly blow it on all this issue on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network coming up next.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John. Princess Z- Leah. That's right. <laughs> the John and Princess Leah show. Uh, I have numerous uh, princesses in my life. My wife, my daughter, and Princess Leah. Uh, this is the uh, John and Leah show. It's the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And I, I want to um, get back to this um the revelation this week about the Iranian nuclear deal and what the administration from the Obama administration may technically be able to be spun as simply being paid as a debt of $400 million. In the real world, it actually was ransom, and that the Iranians wanted it to be perceived as ransom so that they could puff out their chests and be able to say, hey, we really want something uh, tangible in this deal, while the Obama administration will tell you, no, 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 we owed them even more than this already, and we just chose this particular day to pay it back. Now, the the money... We always seem to keep our part of the deal, don't we? It seems it's... Well, that's the way the world works. Those who are honest and keep their bargains and pay their debts usually end up getting screwed in all walks of life. I know That's correct. I know that personally, but that's another story for another day, uh, and I digress. So the $400 million aspect of this got a lot of attention, uh, not getting as much attention was President Obama going a step further in his attempt to try to put lipstick on this ransom pig by claiming, you know, this deal that everyone criticized has been working so awesomely, as if, <laughs> as if by the way, I mean, it's just so just absurd uh, th- that somehow you can evaluate a deal like this in a year. You cannot do that. I mean, that's that's like saying, you know, you have a kid. And we all, this kid after a year hasn't killed anybody yet. We've done a hell of a job with this baby. Um, no, you don't find out what you've got with a kid for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Well, it's the same way with this arms deal, this nuclear deal, um, which, which some may be referring to as a ransom deal. And here is President Obama uh, not just putting lipstick on the ransom pig, but then also going a step further and claiming, you know, even the Israelis are now in favor of this thing. And it's not just the assessment of... Our intelligence community, it's the assessment of the Israeli military and intelligence community, the country that was most opposed to this deal that acknowledges this has been a game changer and that Iran has abided by the deal and that uh, they no longer have the sort of short-term breakout capacity that would allow them to develop nuclear weapons. That's just false. That is absolutely false. Israel immediately was like, what? What? Huh? Which Israelis? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you talking to? But but see, this is where Obama has been able to skate by since he first burst on the scene. He is allowed to say whatever he wants, mm-hmm. and especially now that he's president, it's inherently plausible, it's inherently credible. And you know what? If the Israelis are contradicting it, so what? It doesn't really matter because... You know, Obama might have thought that's what they feel. And if he thought that, that's good enough. And there was no ill intent. And you know what? What difference does it make anyway? Because we all know Obama's super smart and he would never do anything to lead us down the wrong path, right? I mean, that's when in reality he hates Israel and he just cannot resist giving a dig when he can. Well, and the news media has already gone way out of their way to try to destroy Netanyahu as much as they possibly can. And mm-hmm. so um, that was the part of this whole equation that really irritated me, because uh, that to me is far more damaging long term and far more of an indication of what a liar Obama can be on these issues than on the four hundred million dollar thing. The four hundred million dollar thing is kind of like 
almost like all's fair in love and war. I mean, yeah, technically it wasn't ransom, but it actually was ransom. You got to do what you got to do to get the deal. They got the hostages. It's not to me. I've never understood, like, for instance, the you remember the Iran Contra deal back in the Reagan administration. Right. I, I find it hilarious to be, you know, as objective as I am and as fair as I usually try to be. When I look back at those clips in the 80s, that what how the media pretended Iran Contra was a huge scandal, I'm like, are, I know. are you kidding me? You can make a fairly good argument that it was a good thing. Now, you know, it's never good to lie, and it was against the law, but of all the things our government does, Iran-Contra shouldn't even have been on the frickin' radar. It only was on the radar because it was Reagan, and they were looking That's correct. They were looking desperately for a way to try to torpedo Destroy him. Destroy him. <laughs> and, 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 and Reagan, see, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where the, the good people, the people who keep their word and pay their debts, they get screwed. The people that actually acknowledge when they do something wrong, they're the ones in the media that really get destroyed because then the media can go, aha, see, yeah. we were right. You did yep. screw up. This was a scandal. This wasn't all bull crap. Well, weakness. Yeah, well, that's, but Obama never gets forced to do that because the media is on his side. All right, now with all that said, you might think that this was a perfect opportunity for the Republican presidential nominee to switch the subject away from, you know, chastising the moms of American war heroes who died in combat for not speaking at the Democratic convention and for getting into a battle with the Khan family, to which I refer, and to get away from Hillary's rather large convention bounce, even larger than I predicted it would be, even though I predicted that she would be significantly ahead at this point. You might think this was a great chance to do that. Well, you would It was. It was a great chance. That would be correct. But the part the part that you might not have fully grasped is that we're dealing in a different world. We're dealing in a Trump world now. And when given this massive softball to be at least able to hit a nice solid single or an off the wall double, you know, maybe, you know, if you're really good, you might be able to, to get into a triple. And get a few days out of this thing, change the subject, stop the bleeding. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Donald Trump. Uh, goes you know, Alex Jones on us. You know, that's a pretty good way to put it. He, he basically goes Alex Jones. Uh, he, he starts speaking at a rally, and it's for important for context here. Here he is speaking without a teleprompter, and there's a reason, folks, why his advisors like him on a teleprompter. He's without a teleprompter speaking to a rally, and it's interesting because at first people took what he was saying very, very seriously because he's, you know, he's the post-convention presidential nominee. He's mm -hmm. presumably getting security briefings. He presumably yes. knows things that we right. as the public don't know. So when he's saying what you're about to hear, people are going, oh, my gosh, did, did, did he just reveal you know, incredibly important state secrets? Well, no, it wasn't actually that way. That actually would have been the better alternative for what actually transpired. Here was Donald Trump taking that softball and uh, basically um, not only whiffing on it, but uh, foul tipping it off of his own head. <laughs> Iran, I don't think you've heard this anywhere but here. Iran provided all of that footage, the tape of taking that money off that airplane right? $400 million in cash. How does the president do that? How do you do that? We're going to send $400 million in cash. This is in cash, in currency. Now, here's the amazing thing. Over there, where that plane landed, top secret, they don't have a lot of paparazzi. You know, the paparazzi doesn't do so well over there, right? 
And they have a perfect tape done by, obviously, a government camera. And the tape is of the people taking the money off the plane, right? That means that in order to embarrass us further, Iran sent us the tapes. And there you have it. All right, now he goes into even further detail about what this videotape shows. And in Trump's mind, and my favorite part of this is, he's the only one talking about this. That you're only going to hear about this here. Is it only from Donald Trump will you hear about this amazing videotape that Iran clearly took and it was perfectly set up and it shows the exchange of the money. And as I mentioned, at the time, people were going, oh, my gosh, he just you know, breached his security. I mean, he obviously was given some sort of a briefing and he provided information that he shouldn't have done. He can't be trusted with this. And then we find out, no, 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 don't go worrying your silly little heads over Donald Trump breaching security from a briefing. No, 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 no. He's just, he's just, he's just, he's just flat out crazy. He's just making stuff up. He's just, he's just, what was you it? know. He, he's making it up as he goes and knocks. He confused what he saw because I, I saw that little documentary too. And it appeared to be, maybe this was another hostage exchange. Well, that's the thing. It wasn't even, it was not even having to do with Iran. Um, and it was not the 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 incident in question, even though. But see, the part about this is is so extraordinary. One, it's it's the blowing of the opportunity to make an issue out of this. And instead right. of talking about this particular topic, now we're talking about the mental stability and the credibility of this apparent pathological liar. By the way, not just a pathological liar. To me, this is way worse than just being a pathological liar. This is a guy who's such a narcissist. That he thinks that because he saw it, that it's inherently like special secret information that only he has. When it appears as if he saw it on Fox News Channel. I mean, No, I think someone sent it to him in a tweet. I think someone sent it to him in a tweet. Um, to based on what? Little... Based on what? Why, why do you believe that? Well, because... Because... Uh, <laughs> I follow Donald Trump. That's on shocking Twitter. to me. I, I, that's shocking to me that you <laughs> hey, follow Donald but Trump I, on Twitter. I've been following him for a long, long time right. now. Okay. Uh, so, so what do you I think? Follow- so hear, hit me with your theory. I want to hear this. Okay. Well, I follow him on Twitter, and I saw a tweet from someone to him uh, that was that was retweeted, and they were like, "This is the video." And I can't remember where these people were from, but I was like, "Huh." And that's the one that I saw, and I'm like, okay, that's got to be it. And they right. must have sent it to him well, on a, that's a direct message, and then he went, blah. You know, that that's an interesting theory that would certainly fit with his mindset because he yes. thinks – and by the way, a lot of rich people think this way. And I, I've known a lot of r- super rich people in my life. I'm not one of them myself. But, but rich people think, and, and famous people and powerful people, people in that club, the elite club, they think – think that information they get is inherently yeah. better than like what the poor slobs on the street get. They, well, they, it's exclusive. Right. And so so even though it's all bull crap, which is the word <laughs> of the night so far, uh, you know, it, it, because it's to him, 
it, it must be credible because, after all, I'm Donald J. Trump, and I'm allegedly worth $10 billion and I'm the Republican presidential nominee. There's other aspects of this story, though, that are even more hilarious slash tragic, which we'll get to when we return on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. And I just want to finish off on what was, to me, the most entertaining and, and most, I think, illuminating moment of the week in the news with regard to the presidential race. Because it was so emblematic of the entire Donald Trump phenomenon, which has flummoxed so many people and frustrated me to no end for now over a year since I have been warning about the dangers of his candidacy towards the goal of defeating Hillary Clinton, and I believe I've been vindicated in a huge way in almost every single turn. And what I'm referring to is the the rant that Trump went on that we played in the last segment where he reveals that he had seen a tape that only he was talking about. Yeah, I wonder why he was only talking about it, Uh, which apparently apparently was taken by uh, the Iranian government, which showed the the handover of the money of $400 million for the hostages. Now, it turned out that there was no video, that he did not see a video like that. But here's where things got beyond comical and and just flat out frightening, in my opinion, Lee, although you you may differ. So (laughs) there's all this consternation. Did he breaches security briefing. No, no, no. The campaign tells us, don't worry. <laughs> no, he's just crazy. Uh, the, no, he, he misunderstood. He did not actually see that. In fact, by the way, he hasn't even had any security briefings yet. So the campaign essentially says our candidate said something that was not true. Now, you might think that that's the last you'd ever hear of it, right? <laughs> not, not in Trump world, because the next day happens, the next day occurs, another rally, and Trump tells effectively the same story all over again. Now, to do it a second time takes the illness, Leah, to, I think, a much more serious level. Would you not agree? I don't think it's an illness. Then what is it? I'm telling you, I think he thought that's what he saw. Okay, but his own campaign debunked it, and then he told the same story again the next day. So what is that? No, because, well, look, I don't remember him telling it the second day. I do remember him him tweeting, "Uh uh-oh, I was wrong. No, 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 you're getting, you're you're missing, you're missing a step, okay? (laughs) Trust me, Google it. The second day, he tells almost the identical story. Then the third day, he tweets in the morning, you know, I was mistaken. Uh, hey, that's a big step for him. Oh no, I'm sure that took several <laughs> meetings. I'm sure I'm sure that was a that was a heavy lift for somebody in the Trump organization. But this is also classic Trump. So in, in very Trumpian fashion, he tweets, you know, by the way, that whole thing about the tape, forget about that. I was mistaken. It wasn't even Iran. And then not long after that, same day, might have been within a couple of hours, he retweets a Drudge Report link to a story that 
pretends or or pretends, depending on your your perspective, pretends that they have found the video that Trump was referring to. Now, in this article, which is entitled, Is This the Iranian Cash Video to Which Donald Trump Was Referring, that, Don, that uh, Matt Drudge's buddy that runs the Drudge Report was desperately trying to promote. Order, right, in order to try to, to put, to, you know, to try Take to stop the, the bleeding off. on this thing or to, to vindicate their, their hero. Uh, even in this article, which I have read, it specifically states that the, art, that the video to which this article is referring, quote, there is no evidence to suggest this is the video to which Donald Trump preferred. But so but here's the more important part. Forget about that the article with 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 Matt Drudge linking to it and 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 you know then Trump uh, retweeting it. Here's a guy who makes a massive error based in narcissism and ignorance and stupidity in my opinion. His campaign debunks it. He repeats it the second day, the third day he apologized, or not doesn't apologize, doesn't excuse, Donald Trump never apologizes. Let's make, be clear about that. No, no apology. he's never done anything. He can't remember anything he's regretted. Right, but he admits he was wrong about the video. And then soon after, even after his own campaign is debunked, and even after he's admitted he's wrong, he's still promoting the idea he might have been right, even though the article that he's promoting says in it there's no evidence that he was right. And that the bottom line here is, the guy spent three days, critical days. We're down to less than 100 days before we went out in the election. You don't get very many opportunities to go after Hillary and Obama on an issue that are very vulnerable like this, where you know I, I think most people instinctively do not trust this Iranian nuclear deal. And right. uh, in, in Florida is a key state. You've got, you got a lot of people in Florida who might actually care about this issue because they're Jewish. So you, it's a great opportunity, and you spend three days talking about a tape that does not exist in great detail, and then even after you admit it doesn't exist, you're still trying to get your supporters, and by the way, this was successful because I've had a lot of people, in fact, someone just tweeted it to me in the commercial break. Some Trump supporter just tweeted it to me as if this proves that Trump was telling the truth even though he admitted he was wrong. The guy, even when he admits he was wrong, his own supporters think he's telling the truth. This is an illness, folks. This, this is illness. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Where, Look, am, I, where am I wrong? You know what? Look, here's the thing. Donald Trump, uh, I, I don't think it's an illness. Donald Trump is still fooling himself because let me tell you, if this was Obama or Hillary... This would not be this big of an issue. They'd be like, oh, really? There was a tape. Great. What's next? They would just eat it up. I, Hillary. The, the, I mean, look, um, we just played Obama. Obama, Obama so, yes. Obama, making yes. Making up stuff. Obama, okay? yes. Hillary, maybe. It doesn't matter, Leah. It right, doesn't but matter. what I'm you're, saying you're, you're is he's no different from any of these people out there. No, no, okay? no, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, hold on a second. He is absolutely different. Hillary, if if she sort, short-circuited, to use well, her, her phrase, and, and talked about that's this. That's after a year. Uh, there's no way she would have done it the second day. There's no way that she would have then, you know, still be trying to get her supporters to believe it by retweeting bullcrap from, and by the way, Sean Hannity is also promoting the same story, that 
that in it says that uh, there's no evidence that that's the video Trump was referring to. There's no way Hillary would create more than a one-day story. I can see her making a one-day story, and yes, the media would be as kind to her as possible, but you don't make it easy. This is what my whole point well, was. This is a problem with him. He doesn't know when to shut up about the Mexican judge right. and when to shut it's up about ego. Khan. It's e- ego. He, he really... Ego. Ego, narcissism... And maybe, you know, David Axelrod, not a, yeah. he thinks that uh, Trump might be trying to lose now. I mean, uh, the former uh, Obama political advisor. All this, of course, created an enormous amount of consternation in the GOP establishment uh, and even cries for him to get out of the race. We'll talk about that when we come back. Now we're number two.